Hi, it's Alicia Stevenson, Chief Commercial Officer at Future Women and co-host of Next Generation Innovators, the podcast where we tap into the stories behind some of Australia's most successful entrepreneurs and how they've scaled their ideas into global businesses. Recently, we spoke to Anna Ross. She's the founder of Kester Black, which is a brand specialising in nail polishes and lipsticks that are B Corp certified, vegan and cruelty free, as well as carbon neutral. We spoke to Anna about who she bounces business ideas off, and here's what she had to say. What's amazing when I hear you kind of talk through the ideation of the decisions that you've made to date, you talk about them in retrospect in such calm and and a really considered fashion. And probably a lot of that does come from the fact that you love meditation. But Mm -hmm. do you have a board or do you have a set of people that you go to that's, you know, outside of your business where you just say, look, I've got a crazy idea. I want to bring my partner into my business or I've got a crazy idea. I want to move back to New Zealand. Do you have you go to people that you go and bounce that off? Look, I've always tried to set up a board. I've been trying to set up a board for years and then I get people who tell me what to do and I go, I'm not listening to you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the problem with my business, I had started this amazing little business and that was when we met back in 2016. Things changed in 2016 after I won the Telstra Businesswoman's Award. And what happened was I got all these experts who saw potential in me and they started to advise me Mm -hmm. and it wasn't good because I started listening to all these experts instead of just doing things the way that I'd always done them. And I'm very practical and very logical. So, and very methodical. So when I do things, I know they're done right. It's why I find it really difficult to outsource things. But now I've got this amazing group of people who know more than me rather than me trying to train them to know what we're doing. So I started listening to experts and they said, don't put your bass away every month. You should spend it. You know, you could spend it and buy more stock and then you can like leverage that money. And I didn't understand money enough. I get the concept now, but I didn't understand money enough and I didn't have those financial skills to be able to manage it properly. So I listened to all these different experts and we were so close to going bankrupt. And I had the hardest two or three years of my life since then. And only in the last year or so, after going on these meditation retreats and speaking to my meditation teacher about my business, he said, oh, you've done it wrong. You've listened to all these experts. You're trying to be a really nice person and a nice boss and be really understanding about everything. And your staff don't perform. If your staff don't perform, you've got to get rid of them. So I kept a lot of staff on for a long time that weren't performing, weren't doing good things for the business and were just essentially costing us money. Mm -hmm. So there were things like that. We were just bleeding money and spending it on the wrong things because I was listening to experts. So now I really try actually not to listen to anybody apart from the answer to really specific questions. So I will email my accountant and I love my accountant and I ask him really specific questions like do I have to pay duties and taxes on this or is it a tax-free expense and he answers that question but he doesn't give me business advice because actually accountants don't really know much about business which has took me a long time to learn that so I don't really ask people for advice anymore I only get the answers to really specific questions and I now have really trusted advisors, but I haven't set them up as a board. Is that something you're still planning on doing, putting it together? I know that you've just said that it's going to be more about just trusting yourself. And really, you got to where you are successfully by making all the decisions that you did make in your logical and methodical way and the way that you work. If you're trying to put a board together, your ideal board, what kind of people would be on it? I've thought about it a lot and spoke to a lot of different people about this. 
And I've sort of come up with like four different people. So one would be financial, so possibly my accountant. And then the other one would be some sort of e-commerce business, uh, somebody who knows a lot about logistics. So Frank Body, for example, might be the kind of company that I would approach. I wouldn't approach them. I did approach the managing director at Mecca and right. he said no, but that's because he's really busy and he's got other business commitments. And Kester Black is still too small for people with lots of experience to actually want to come and sit on my board. And I don't really want to pay them at the moment because that cost, like it could cost us up to $200,000 or $100,000 to pay for a board at the moment. And we'll set one up when we need to. I've always been somebody who really tries to do everything early and gets organized, but I just think there's no need. We've wasted a lot of money sort of doing that. So we'll just wait until we actually need to set one up and then we'll set one up later. Like when we're getting investment and they demand somebody to sit on the board, that's when we'll do it. Anna also described the rigorous process that companies have to go through to become B Corp certified. You guys are pioneers in in a lot of ways because Kester Black was one of the first of its kind with B Corp certification. Now, for listeners who don't know what that involves and why it's so important, can you talk us through why you wanted that for your brand and a bit about your experience in achieving it? Yeah, I think it came about after we got the first couple of accreditations, which was vegan and cruelty-free. Somebody had said, oh, you guys are really ethical. Have you heard about this certification, B Corp? And I said, no, tell me more about it. So I looked it up and what it is, is essentially it's when businesses use their business as a force for good. So there are four kind of categories, I guess, sustainability, transparency, governance, and like your team. And it was just a questionnaire online. So I didn't really think too much about going and getting the accreditation. I had just presented at a talk that I was doing about all of the interesting ethical things that we were doing behind the scenes. And I decided that I would do the questionnaire just to see how we were, how ethical we actually were, because I thought we were like squeaky clean. So I went into the questionnaire. It took about three and a half hours and it comes out as a points system. And I think I got 60 points, but you need 80 points to get certified. And it asked us everything like, do you use water saving devices on your taps at the office? Mm-hmm. How many of your staff walk to work? What's your printing like? You know, do you use soy based inks or do you use commercial inks? Do you have paper in the office? What kind of electricity do you use? And I was like, whoa, there's so much guts to this that I'd never <laughs> yeah, thought about. Here so I right. am like going, Kester Black's the most ethical and sustainable business. And then I do this questionnaire <laughs> and I go, oh, we only did two things right. You know? So <laughs> it was really fascinating. Corp, Once I did this questionnaire online, I was like, I'm committed. Like there's so much in this. I can use this as a tool just to help me improve my business. And so it actually took me three years of changing things in the business so that we could get enough points to actually get the certification. And when we did get the certification, I got this really lovely email from B Corp that said, you guys are the first cosmetics company in the world to get this because it's quite grueling. (laughs) It's grueling for some businesses that have manufacturing, especially if you manufacture offshore. So we were really committed to getting it. And it was just such an exciting thing to actually be able to achieve because I worked towards it for three years. But within those three years, I just 
did so many improvements to our business. We went paperless. We went green energy. I didn't even really understand where energy came from because I grew up in New Zealand beside a lake. So I thought everything was hydropower. I didn't even know there was nuclear power plants in Australia. So it actually was kind of like a really interesting side hobby project that also helped me improve my business. And since we got that award, I think almost every year that we've got it, we've been one of the best B Corps in the world. So they have their own awards that they run through their platform just by the scores that you get throughout the questionnaire. And Kester Black is ranking like top 10% in the world for one of the categories that we're in, which is really exciting. Wow. Yeah. And I had no idea that you were the first beauty brand in the world, in the world yeah. to get B Corp certified. <laughs> There's also like another consideration in B Corp, which I thought really hard about when we came up for our reaccreditation, which happens every three years. And it's that if you're a B Corp, because those rules are so stringent and you really have to write them into the DNA of the business, you can't just say that you're going to do them and then not do them. Yeah. In yeah. most countries, you are, you are legislated to continue to be a B Corp. They just haven't quite changed the legislation in Australia and New Zealand yet. So once you commit, you can't get out of it. And that could have been a problem for, for a sale if we were ever going to sell Kester Black. That really limits the types of companies that would be willing to buy us. You know, maybe Revlon or L'Oreal or Estee Lauder, they wouldn't want a company like that because it's they can't change it. It, it, that's, I guess that's what the point of it is, is that yeah. you adopt all of these great business practices for the environment and the community and transparency and for your customers and for your staff. And then that they developed that so that when you do sell a business, the parent company can't just destroy all the hard work you've done. So I really had to think about that. Like, were we going to sell our business? And who would be a buyer if we did become a B Corp or stay a B Corp? And then through that process, I learned about Natura, who was a big, big, big cosmetics brand that bought Aesop. They purchased Aesop a few years ago. Oh, right. And I thought, actually, and they are a B Corp. And can you imagine being a multinational, global, one of these huge parent companies that buys all of these other little companies, being a B Corp? Like, that would be so hard to achieve. But it might cost me a sale in the future, but it also might actually mean that Kester Black becomes a real asset for a Natura and that they would really want to buy us because we were already a B Corp. So it was a really interesting consideration to think through at the time. Yeah, and because like you say at the beginning, you try to be in front of everything and there's no other way you know, into the future other than companies that are B Corp certified and other than companies that are trying to reduce their mark on the planet. And now it's so important now than ever, especially with Gen X, like you can't fool the younger generations no, anymore like they no. used to They're in the old You know, they've got the world in their pocket and expert sense of social justice. They will not yeah. have the wool pulled over their eyes. If you missed the full interview with Anna, it's worth a listen. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you'd never miss an episode. Thanks to our partner, the Entrepreneurs Program at Dyser, for making this Next Generation Innovators episode possible. See you soon.